It is so, so great to be here with you today to be able to worship God even an hour earlier, hey? Isn't that always the challenge when we have the time change Sunday and we spring forward? I know for a lot of people it's like, oh no. And I know for myself it was like, Last night, oh, I got to remember to set those clocks ahead and to uh, make sure I got to bed a little bit earlier. Who, um, now let's be honest here, let's be honest. Who here, your intention is to get to bed a little earlier, but you really don't. It just doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It just kind of is like, oh no, I lost that hour and here we go. I, I totally understand that feeling, but it is so great to worship with you as uh, my wife, who did the transition today, already said it. Uh, my name is Pastor Todd, and uh, with Jan, uh, my wife, we are the lead pastors here at Eastside City Church, and we're just so, so glad that you are here with us. And I want to welcome you, and I want to welcome everybody that's online today. Again, that we're glad that you're here with us today. And I want to share something that God this week was just really putting into my heart to share with you, is that I, I've heard this word, I heard this word over and over again, fear not, fear not, for I am with you. And I believe that there are people here today that you need to hear that, that God does not want you to have fear in your life, that he doesn't want you to be afraid. Why? Because if God is with us, if God is for us, who can be against us? That's what the Bible promises us. And we're even gonna talk more today about the promises of God's word, the promises of who God is, why we can trust in God. And I want to say this as well, that uh, um, I'm glad that each one of you has been able to, I, I, I miss mine to put, uh, that we're doing name tags this week. We just thought with everybody kind of coming back and new people coming here that uh, one of the things that can be a little bit uh, challenging at times is remembering names. And, and I know even a couple weeks ago, I had somebody come in that you know, hadn't been here for a while, and they're like, hey, Pastor Todd, how are you doing? And I'm kind of like, oh, I, I think I know who you are. I'm trying to remember who you are. And so here's the deal. If the name tags aren't a thing that you need, just say, well, Pastor Todd needs it. That's his thing. It's, we're helping Pastor Todd this week to, to remember. I think it's a great thing. Well, we're going to have refreshments at the end of the service at the back that you can go to. But I want to start off today by asking you a question. How many of you in your life have experienced an earthquake. Like you've, you've been in a place where you have felt the ground shake, it rattle. You know, it can be a little bit unnerving. It can be a little bit uh, challenging if you've never done that before. Well, when I was growing up, uh, I lived less than 100 kilometers from Mount St. Helens. I grew up in a town called Longview, Washington, and which during the early 80s, uh, Mount St. Helens awakened and became an active volcano. I was about, uh, I was about 12 year, 11 years old when this happened. And, and so it's very, very vivid to me. I still remember in um, missing school for two weeks on, uh, because of the big eruption that happened on May 18th, 1980. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Now, as an 11-year-old, you're like, this was cool, man. It's awesome. I don't have to go to school and stuff is blowing up everywhere. I thought it was great at that time. But uh, I realized, man, that's scary. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Um, but what I remember more than the multiple eruptions uh, were the constant earthquakes that happened almost daily. Now, most of the times they were small. They would just kind of 
rattle the lights, you'd see them flicker a little bit, or the pictures on the wall would just kind of kind of shake. And, and, and But most of the time, it was nothing more than a reminder that the mountain was alive. But occasionally, boy, we would have those bigger earthquakes where, where the, the, you, you would see cracks in the wall would form, or pictures would actually get knocked off of the, of the wall. It would knock you down if you were standing. In fact, I, I remember um, being at a friend's house, sleeping on the couch, waking up on the floor, wondering how I got there, finding out that, that the night, that evening, there was an earthquake that I, I missed. It knocked me completely uh, off of where I was at. In fact, um, one of the things that was crazy about it was as it would happen, if it was the bigger ones, you know, we, we, we picture things just shaking, but what it really looked like, I've got to explain this to you, was like waves, like the ground looked like it, you could actually see it rolling. You could see the house like almost bending, like doing things that you didn't think it could do. And when it was happening, it was scary and unnerving. I'm sharing this with you today because I believe there is a great shaking going on around us. We are living in a time of great shaking. I, I, I find that our world has just been, it, it's just going a little bit crazy. And, and, and so you can just get involved and where all of a sudden all of that shaking is going on and it can unnerve you. I mean, for two years, we have experienced a things that I never thought we would experience with, with COVID and, 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 and the things that were locked down and shut down and, and, and you know, people trading freedoms for health. It's, it's put a strain on friendships and, and other relationships. It's created choices for people between standing for their convictions or finances. And, and, and then I, I still remember just a couple summers ago, we witnessed social unrest between uh, civil servants, government leaders, sec- segments of society, calls to defund the police and to remove opposition leaders and statues being pulled down. It was crazy. And now here we are, we're seeing a war escalating in Europe and and with runaway inflation in our country fueled by the highest highest gas prices we've ever seen. I mean, it can create fear. I mean, I I was just, I got gas this morning and it was, what, $1.67 a liter. Who would have thought of that? I mean, that's crazy. Thank goodness we don't live in BC though. It's like two bucks a liter. I mean, who would have ever thought? I just, it was, wasn't it just a few, a, a year and a half ago, it was 70, 80 cents a liter. I mean, it feels like we're moving from one crisis to the next, does it not? But here's the word for today. This is, comes out of actually Hebrews 12, verses 26 to 27. I'm just gonna paraphrase some things. What can be shaken, will be shaken. But you know what cannot be shaken? God and his kingdom. You see, we serve an immovable God who is an anchor, and because he's immovable, here's here's what I want you to know, because this is what we're gonna focus on today. Because God is immovable, we can put our trust in him. You see, I, I can't put my trust anymore in uh, my, my bank account or the economy. I can't, I can't put my trust in government. I can't put my trust in, in, in things that maybe before I would have just said, you know what, those, those are good. But what I can put my trust in because it's unshakable is God and his kingdom. So to, and today we're gonna begin a new, new series called In God We Trust. How that a heart that fully trusts God 
will lead to peace, protection, and provision. Who doesn't want more peace, protection, and provision in your life? Who, who could use some more peace right now? Who would like to feel a bit more protected in, in the things that are going on? Who could use some more provision? Come on. I know that I can. And I want to be honest with you. Because over the next few weeks, we are going to learn about the connection between our finances and trusting God with our whole heart. How when we fully trust God, especially with our money, it opens the door for his blessings and provision to, to extend upon all areas of our life. But with that being said today, I'm not going to talk about money at all. We're going to talk about trust, particularly how trusting in God and why we can trust God. I would like you to turn in your Bibles, if you would with me, to Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. In these words, King Solomon, considered the wisest man who ever lived, wrote this. And here's what he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Here's the reality that I believe we face, or if you haven't faced it yet, uh, I, I find it would find it hard to believe that you will face it at some point, that sometimes it can feel like it is hard to trust God. Have you ever faced a moment where you're like, I just don't know, God, God, are you there? Are you with me? Do you see what's happening down here? You know, we, we wonder sometimes why we're going through these tough times. Why? And, and, and so we have a hard time wrapping our minds around what is happening. And we can even wonder if, if God has maybe forgotten about us. But here's what we have to understand. And I believe this, that, that, that trust, what is trust? Well, trust is a sense of assurance that you can confide and rely on a person or a being based on their character and their record of accomplishment in making you feel safe, unafraid, and confident in your relationship with them. Trust builds over time and relies on experiences rather than mere words. Actions count more than ever when it comes to trust. Here's what I want to say today. I don't want to be cliche. I don't want to be just the guy that talks about the Sunday school sayings that, you know, I believe everybody, we just need to trust in God that it's just a phrase that is in our head, but yet hasn't connected to our heart. Because we can do that. We can come to church and say, God bless you, or I believe in God. But yet, when we're in our private places, when we're in our own space, when we're, we're dealing with the challenges of life, sometimes we can kind of be like, do I trust you, God? But here's what I believe because of who he is, what he's done, because he has a proven track record, because he has always been there, you and I can trust him. In God, we trust. Well, why can we trust God? I wanna give you a few examples of what I believe why we can trust God. Number one, God, because God has 
provided for us before. He's provided for you before. He's been there for you before. Because of Jesus in our lives, and and I'm saying this today, first of all, this first point is to those who are followers of Jesus. You have a relationship with Jesus. Because of what God has done in your life before, you can understand that he's here. But even if you don't understand those things, maybe today you're like, I don't know if God's with me. How about this? You're alive right now. You're here right now. That means that somehow in some place, God has provided for you and given you what you've needed in your life. Up to this point, you're here breathing air on the earth. And because his track record is flawless, you wouldn't be where you were right now if it wasn't for God's loving care in your life. And maybe we have to dig a little deeper sometimes. Maybe we have to remind ourselves a little bit more passionately that we have experienced at places in our life his faithfulness or his protection or his provision. Maybe for you, you need to be reminded that God has forgiven you. And we've been through challenges and live to talk about it. I remember when I was, well, I hardly remember, I was told this, that when I was about three years old, uh, I was involved in a very serious car accident. My mom was driving my sister and I home. She'd just been to the grocery store. And this was like the, 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 you know, the early 70s and seatbelt laws aren't what they were today. Uh, I was standing on the front seat of the car and my mom hit some black ice and it, it propelled me through the windshield out of the car into a field. I'm here today. I'm talking to you today. I'm, I'm sharing with you today. Why? Because God was there for me even when I didn't know who he was. And I'm here to tell you today, God has been there for you. God is here for you and God is going to continue to be there for you. And that's why you can trust him. If God has provided for you up to now, why will he not do it again in your life? Why won't he keep providing for you? Here's the second reason I believe we can put our trust in God. God doesn't lie. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind? Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? You see, we have to understand that God is a God who keeps his promises. I I hate to say this. I I know this is going to surprise you. You know, I'm a pastor. I'm a leader. And I'm sure that there's some people that would like me to be perfect, but I'm not. And I realize it, and I probably realize it more every day that there are things that sometimes I've said, hey, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that, and I haven't followed through. But you know what I can tell you? God's not like that. God does what he says he's going to do. God keeps his promises. Did you know that there are over 350 prophecies in the Old Testament concerning the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus that were fulfilled while he was here on earth? 350 prophecies. Listen to this. Dr. Peter Stoner writes in his book called Science Speaks that the probability, listen to this, that even eight of the prophecies that were over Jesus' life 
would have been fulfilled was, was, tw- was 10 to the 28th power. You know, you, you know how you talk about trillions and gazillions? We're beyond that. That's how incredible, un- incredibly unlikely that it is that even eight of those 300 and over 350 prophecies would have been the probability that all 350 of them, it's the, the debate is whether there's 356 to 365 different scholars, that all of those would happen and be fulfilled is beyond our uh, um, comprehension and is impossible unless you're God. Nobody besides God has that track record. You see, because God doesn't lie, he can be trusted. Here's the third thing I want to share with you. You can trust God. Why? Because he truly knows you. Or if I was to rephrase it, God truly knows what's best for you. He knows everything about you. Now, I've got to share this today. There's nobody on earth who knows me better than my wife. There's no person that, uh, she knows my strengths. She knows my weaknesses. Yes, she does. She knows that I love tacos. She knows that I hate mustard. Now, you know it too. She knows what makes me upset and, and when I'm getting upset, but also what blesses me and makes me happy. Because she knows me, listen to this, I trust her. I trust her with my life. And when she says something to me, when she encourages me, I believe her. When she challenges me, I, I, I believe her. <laughs> Not always as excited to accept that, but she, but, but she knows me. But you want to know something as much as she knows me? She doesn't know me the way that God knows me. It's not even close. And here's what the Bible says about God. Jesus talks about his heavenly father and he says this in Luke 12, verse seven. He says, and the very hairs, hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Think about that. God knows how many hair follicles you have on your head, on your body. Now, for some, he doesn't have as much effort to count. It's a little easier for him. Uh, I know for myself, it's getting easier for him as I get older. But here's the reality. He knows all of those details about us. He knows every detail of your life. Why? Because he created you. He knows your thoughts, your hurts, also the the best about you. He knows what your future is going to be. Because God knows you, what makes, what, when it doesn't make sense, he would know what's going on around you. We have to understand that he actually knows what's going to be best for you. The prophet Jeremiah said this, a, a scripture that was about himself, but really applies to all of us. It says this in Jeremiah chapter one, verse five. It says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. You see, Before God even created the heavens and the earth, what it says is that he knew you. He knew you. He knew your life. He knew 
who you would be married to. He knew where you would go to college. He knew what jobs you'd have. He knew everything that was going, going on. And here's what God says, if we believe and if we trust in his word, that he set you apart, that he set you apart for such a time as this. I know I've shared this with all the craziness that's going on in the world, that we have to understand that God put you in this place because he called you to be in this place during this season and this time. And he's appointed you to be who you are. You see, because he knows you and knows what's best for you, should we not trust him and believe in him, believe what he says to us when he speaks to us, both through his word and the Holy Spirit? We can trust God. But here's another thing. We have to understand that God is perfect, that God's way is perfect. We can trust him because he is the definition of perfection. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse four, it says, he is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is faithful. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright he is. You see, the word perfect here comes from the Hebrew word, and I'm gonna say this wrong, so those of you Hebrew scholars, that's okay. We'll still love each other. Tamayim. And it defines the word that it is synonymous with integrity and truth. Here's what it means. It's without blemish, complete, full, perfect, sincere, sound, without spot, undefiled, upright, and whole. Another way that we would say this, you probably heard this word in the Bible, not only is God perfect, but we would say that he is holy. What is holy? It means that he always does the right thing at the right time all the time. God always does things according to his perfect character. He's never early and he's never late. It means that he has a perfect record. He's never made a mistake. I feel like this is almost impossible for our minds sometimes to comprehend it. You see, he's the perfect balance of love. He loves us, he lavishes us with love, but he also corrects us. Why? Because he cares about us, he's perfect. Now, and I say this, because of our imperfections, we cannot even begin to judge God. You see, when we attempt to judge God through our own filters of what justice or what we think is right, we're always gonna fall short. You see, there's a lot of people that are like, well, I don't know, I, I can't trust God because of this or that. Or they look at the world around them and they're like, man, God, look at everything is falling apart. Look at what's going on in the Ukraine or Russia or over here. I mean, you, you could look at a hundred things and you're like, man, if God was perfect, this wouldn't happen. But we have to understand that that doesn't, isn't happening because of God. It's because of sin that's in the, the earth. It's because Adam and Eve bless their hearts. <laughs> Talk like a southerner. That's what you say if you're in the south. Every bad thing gets, it gets covered up by bless their heart. You know? Man, that person doesn't look good today, but bless their heart. You see, they brought sin into the world and now because of it, we've, 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 we know how to sin. We're professional sinners and without God, sin runs rampant. And so people, because of their choices and their action, have created all sorts of chaos. But that doesn't change that God is perfect. 
But here's what we have to understand. He is the remover of sin. And, and because he does that, he allows us to be forgiven. And, and that's because God forgives us and he, his decisions are not arbitrary or based on his feelings. He can absolutely be trusted. And we can trust his Bible, the, the Bible and the principles that are communicated in the Bible because we know it comes from his perfect nature. And here's why I wanna, uh, uh, my last point that, I could that I'm gonna make today about why we can trust God I could probably put another hundred in here, is that God loves you. That God loves you. And I, I love to say this, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. He chooses to love you. See, God desires that we, that we would have relationship with him. In fact, even with the fact that we've all made hundreds and maybe thousands of mistakes in our life, God still loves us and he desires to have relationship with us. He comes to us in his word and he says, I want you, I want you to know I, I'm your father. I, wanna, I want you to relate to me as a father and a son and a daughter. I wanna have this relationship with you because God knows this, that we do understand for those of us who are parents that one of the things about parents even though we're imperfect, we want good things for our children, do we not? Is there anybody here that doesn't want your children to be successful? You see, God wants you to be successful. You want, we want our kids to have, be healthy. We want them to have great relationships. We want to see them provided for. We want to see them blessed. In fact, I want my kids to experience the best of everything. Why? Because I'm a father. And here's what God says. I love you so much. I want you to experience every good thing that I can give to you. And not only that, as a parent, I, I'm... My kids aren't perfect. My goodness. We've had some incredible moments in our life. But you know what? I'm proud of my kids. I'm proud of who they are. And God exceeds my love for my children a thousandfold. In fact, you probably can't even put a number on it. And God loves you and he's proud of you and he cares about you. But not only that, because of his love, he's given his best for us. And, and we're, we're, almost, we're a little over a month away from Easter. We, we, I'm just reminded that God loves us so much that he gave Jesus, his one and only son, to die for us. To make a way for us in spite of all that sin and that craziness to say, I want to get through all of the garbage, but the way to do it is you have to come to Jesus. You have to accept his, 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 him into your life. You have to allow him to forgive you. But when you do, I can embrace you. Jeremiah 31.6 says, the Lord appeared to me of old saying this, Yes, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I've drawn you. Because his, love, because his love, he loves us with the perfect love, we can trust him. But here's the question then, how can we show God that we trust him? Because what, what, we're, what, what, what we're, I believe God is challenging me to challenge you with, the, 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 the title of our series is In God We Trust. How do we show God then that we trust him? Well, Proverbs, we're gonna go back to that. I wanna read it again. Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. It says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Depend not on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. 
And then he, he will make, will show you which path to take. How do we do it? Number one, this is gonna be quick here. How do we show God that we trust him? First of all, we love him with our whole heart. You see, God's desire, his design for us, the way that we show him that we trust him is that we love him with our whole heart, not just part of our heart. You know, there are people that just try to give God a part of themselves just a little bit, but they they hold back more for themselves. They try to add God. It's not half of our heart. It's not even 90% of our heart. The way that we show God that we trust him is by giving him our whole heart where we surrender all of our our life, all of the areas in our life, even the, the things that we think aren't pretty, that are ugly, the things that are challenges to us. We say, God, I'm gonna give you my whole heart. I trust you, I trust you. I trust you to take my heart, to help my heart, to touch my heart. Maybe it's to heal your heart. Because God's love is perfect, it should motivate us to be all in. Or you don't have a backup plan. You don't have a, a second thing. See, to trust God is to give our life fully to him. Yeah, I see it too many times. People try to ration their lives to God and then they get mad at him when they're like, it's not working. Well, it won't work. I'm here to tell you, it won't work. You have to give him your whole heart. Secondly, depend not on your own understanding. Faith means many times doing things you do not fully understand. Who here knows that we serve a God who, who, who is beyond our, our realm of even comprehension in places. We're finite, he's infinite. We live in this moment, he lives beyond time. He, he's a God that, that the Bible says that his ways are not our ways, that his thoughts are not our thoughts because God sees the whole picture. He sees his, the, every situation that we're going for in, from an eternal perspective, life, death, and suffering, and everything in between. God knows what's going on. See, trusting God means that we understand that the negative and unexpected situations we face, God has the ability, not be, that he didn't cause them, not, he didn't create them, but God has the ability to use them both for our good and his good. You know, it was less than a year ago I was in the hospital. Was it God's will for me to be in the hospital? I don't believe it was, but I was sick. But what I was able to do was minister to the person that was in that hospital room with me. (laughs) Oh, they were trapped for a week. (laughs) God help their soul. It's God using, being real here, my painful childhood. Did God create that pain? No, but he's allowed it to help me to minister to other people. Lean not on your own understanding. Does not make sense, but it works because God is good. And then he says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. I believe that in everything we do, the way that we show God that we trust him is we seek to honor him with every part of our life. The way we live, the way we worship, how we talk, the way that we, you know, we, we handle ourselves in the workplace, 
how we handle our finances, how we do things. It's, it's all of it. It's that, that everything I do, God, I wanna honor you with everything that I have, not just some of what I have, but all of what I have, because everything that you and I have is because of him. Our time, our talent, our treasures, they all belong to him. Jesus said it like this. He rephrased what I believe that Solomon wrote many, many years before Jesus came onto the earth. He said this in Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and then he will give you everything you need. You see, to trust God means to put him first in every area of your life. And when, here's what I know. When we honor him and we trust him by putting him first, it unlocks his divine favor and goodness. Where are you at today? How are you feeling about life? What's your sense of God? What are, what are you believing about God? Maybe you feel like everything in your life right now has been shaken. Maybe you feel like things are a little bit chaotic. Maybe you don't even know what to do. Maybe you're dealing with relationships that are broken that just seem like they can't be fixed. Maybe you don't know what to do with your job situation. Maybe you're dealing with things that you just can't handle. It's shaking around you. And here's what I'm saying today. This isn't a cliche. Give it to God. God can take it. God can handle it. Not only can God take it, but he can remake it into something beautiful. But you have to trust him. You have to trust God. You have to let go of it and give it to God. Maybe you're, 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 you realize that you have not been all in with God. Maybe you, you, you're, you're listening to what I'm saying today. And if you're honest, and I believe there's some of you that came here today that have been wrestling. It wasn't just the service at all. So I was like, whoa, wait a second. I haven't been 100% serving. You've been wrestling with some things and you know that you're wrestling with them. And what God is saying is, I want your whole heart. I want you to give me every area of your life, your fears, your doubts, your worries, Maybe you've been turning to things that you, you shouldn't turn to. Maybe you're struggling with alcohol or drugs or eating, watching too much television. You're, you're trying to bury yourself in things that aren't God. And God is saying, I want you to give me these things because I want to help you put your trust in me. Maybe you're struggling to see the goodness of God in your life. God wants to lift you up a little bit higher. He wants to take you to a, just a little bit of a different space. He wants to show you that he's with you, 